you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. I love the 80s. Even though I was born in 1966, my most formative years culturally were during the 1980s. I started high school in the year 1980. I graduated in 1984 and went off to college. I graduated college in 1988. Then I married in the year 1990. That entire decade dictated much of the things I still love today. I remember getting my first Apple II computer when I started high school, which cemented my love for all things Apple ever since. Even though I got my first Atari video console in 1978, the 80s is when I became a video game junkie. 80s pop and rock music left such a lasting imprint on me that it's still my music of choice. When I'm not listening to the contemporary Christian music, I loved also of the 1980s. It was in the 1980s that I got most serious about politics and voted for the first time. My favorite president still today is Ronald Reagan. I grew the most spiritually in the 80s, went on major mission trips, began the trajectory of being in full-time ministry as an adult. To me, the 80s was the perfect decade. It was my decade. It was my culture. Of course, that decade wasn't perfect at all. It has been described as the decade of excess which kind of hurts my feelings, but it's probably true. It is tempting to defend all things 80s in America, even though it certainly didn't always produce the best things for our culture. And it certainly didn't do much to promote Christianity in the world. Yes, we are shaped greatly by the cultural times we live in, and maybe even more by the times we lived in as a child and teenager. Why don't I spend time listening to much of the music produced after 1990? It just doesn't resonate with me as emotionally and mentally as the 1970s and 1980s music. That music had me at my most vulnerable times. But again, the 1980s did produce the greatest time of spiritual growth for me as well. So there were things about that cultural time that God used to push me forward in Christ. Okay, enough about me. What years or decade has most shaped you? And what cultural things do you hold on to that you probably shouldn't? I certainly have some 80s culture to shed. As we continue to think of all things culture this season, we move on to the subject of entertainment, a subject where I may step on your toes even more, a subject I'm going to certainly step on my own and maybe upset myself. How does the ongoing culture of entertainment impact the culture you desire in your marriage, your family, and your home? How does it intersect with the kingdom of God? Well, let's dig down deep today and address this culture that permeates our modern world. Entertainment has always been a part of human cultures. 
God created human beings with the ability to laugh, to be happy, to be amused. Life for most of humankind, even in the hardest places, in the most severe of times, has never been all work and no play. At the same time, we could argue that our present culture spends the most time and has the most access to entertainment in all of history. Entertainment is literally in the palm of our hands 24-7, even while we're working. So let's begin our discussion of the culture of entertainment with some definitions. We always need to define our terms to help us understand what we're talking about. Here's one definition. Entertainment is amusement or diversion provided especially by performers. Or how about this one? Entertainment is any agreeable occupation for the mind. Or this one. Entertainment is anything affording pleasure, diversion, or amusement, especially a performance of some kind. So in those definitions, there are several key concepts we should take note of. First, entertainment brings amusement. To be amused is to have our attention diverted for something more serious. Which leads us to the next concept, diversion. A diversion is an activity that moves our mind away from tedious or serious concerns. And finally, there's usually a performer or performance of some kind. Entertainers, by definition, provide entertainment for people. You could certainly entertain yourself, but typically something or someone else is doing the entertaining. So all those definitions and descriptions are probably pretty obvious. Most human beings know exactly what entertainment is and knows what they find entertaining. But looking at entertainment as a culture that is working to establish itself against Christianity, we must think about its impact in our lives. So we'll do that by answering a series of questions, questions you need to answer yourself as I walk through them with you. First, is it bad or morally wrong to enjoy entertainment? Well, this is a loaded question to begin with, isn't it? Let's start with the fact that God has given us the ability to enjoy things, to laugh, to find things in this life pleasurable. God's created order leaves time for rest and by implication for recreation and entertainment. We weren't designed as humans just to work all the time or never have any fun. So no, it's not necessarily wrong to enjoy entertainment. Or to put it more positively, it is good and right for a Christian to be amused to enjoy entertainment. But of course, that comes with some necessary caveats, some biblical boundaries, like all good things that God has created. For example, we're allowed to eat wonderful things, but must not give in to gluttony. We are given the gift of time, but must redeem the time since the days are evil. We are given the gift of rest, but we aren't allowed to rest 24 hours a day. In other words, we have freedom in Christ, but that doesn't give us freedom to sin. And we should use our freedom to glorify God and serve him first, not just satisfy self first. This is something every family culture needs. Freedom in Christ within the boundaries of God's word. Freedom with discipline. Privilege with responsibility. So it would be morally wrong to spend all your time and all your money being entertained. We'll delve into that issue later on. 
It would be a bad thing if you never worked, never studied, never did chores, but was constantly entertained like some spoiled royalty. Then we have to understand that not all entertainment has been created equal. Not all entertainment is morally good, helpful, or spiritually healthy. Christians throughout history have had to wrestle with what kind of entertainment was off limits. In the days of the Roman Empire, you wouldn't see Christians at the chariot races or attending the violent gladiator games. The Puritans banned all entertainment on the Sabbath day and many of the more violent sports, gambling events, and alike. There are some entertainments that all Christians agree are immoral, such as pornography. But then there are many that we would disagree on whether they're moral or not. When are certain movies or TV shows off limits because of their sexual or violent content or outright blasphemy against the Lord? When are certain sporting events wrong because of their violent natures? Is gambling an entertainment Christians can partake in? Of course, these boundaries have expanded over the years with broadening definitions of what is okay and what is not, what is too much and what is tolerable. For some Christians, it's just much simpler to ban everything. No R-rated movies, no gambling, no entertainment on Sunday. Each of us as individuals and as families must use wisdom to know what entertainments are allowable for us and our children and what are not. In this way, we set our cultures, don't we? I had close friends growing up who never had a TV in their home. Their main entertainments were reading books and playing board games. That truly made their culture different than most in our church. Yet it created some issues in their life as well. Now, the other temptation is to give little thought to what shows or entertainments our kids are watching, what music, what video games, etc., they have wide-open family cultures that let pretty much everything in. This is a recipe for potential other significant problems in the family. So this isn't easy, but we must continue to examine what sort of entertainment culture we are establishing in our family, how much, and what kinds. So that leads us to another question. Should I only be making use of Christian entertainment? Now, it certainly is understandable to want to seek an alternative to what Hollywood and the music industry produces. It is rarely compatible with a Christian worldview and most of the time is intended to dismiss and defeat any form of Christianity. So in the early 1970s, we had the rise of contemporary Christian music or CCM. This Christian rock and pop music sought to be an alternative to what is usually on the radio. Similar sound, much different lyrics. The Christian film industry has taken a little longer to be productive, but now there are regular releases of family-friendly Christian-based movies. Personally, I was a big fan of Christian rock music in my college and early adult years. I still pull out some today, but I still listen to non-Christian music as well. As far as Christian movies, I understand the appeal, but I'm not a big fan. No offense, but typically the acting, production, and storylines are pretty bad. And then there's usually some bad theology or simply moralism involved. 
just not a good alternative for me and my family. The big issue here that I'm trying to describe is the false dichotomy between the secular and the sacred. We use language like that, don't we? We talk about secular music to describe it as non-Christian or secular movies or TV shows versus Christian movies or TV shows. But what exactly makes music or other entertainments Christian? That it's sung by a Christian? That the words are Christian? Some Christians even propose that certain music styles cannot be Christian, like rock or heavy metal. And again, the same goes with movies and TV. What makes them Christian? We must be careful when we think about anything human beings produce as holy. We certainly can make some very unholy entertainment, that's for sure. But to say everything must be Christian to be enjoyed discounts the good that can be found in many of our entertainments. For example, is watching sports, secular entertainment, or sacred? We certainly aren't watching a bunch of Christians play a sport, usually. Does that make all sports unholy and then off-limits? We have to make wise and discerning decisions about what forms of entertainment we participate in as a family. Saying we will only do Christian things may sound better, but it can deny some redemptive and helpful things done by non-Christians. I will say that when I noticed that my 10-year-old was deeply in love with 80s pop music, I was sort of proud. Until I listened to him singing certain lyrics that were not what a 10-year-old should sing or even think about. As a remedy, I introduced him to some of my 80s Christian rock music, which he enjoyed as well. Sort of balanced things out, at least in my mind. I also have enjoyed the opportunity to watch movies and TV shows with my family that teach things against a Christian worldview. It's a great teaching time as we see what the world thinks and how the world acts and how that goes against God's word and God's ways. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So just calling entertainment Christian doesn't always make it biblically correct or even spiritually helpful. On the other hand, it does offer some enjoyable listening and viewing that doesn't make us cringe and certainly doesn't blaspheme God. All right, here's the next question. Am I spending too much time and money being entertained? Well, this is certainly a big one in my mind and the one that is most convicting. Let's start from this perspective. The culture of this world has no thought for eternity. They don't believe usually in a heaven or a hell, so they aren't living with an eternal perspective. This typically leads to an eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die sort of attitude. Now, don't get me wrong, there are many non-Christians who live productive lives, work hard, try to find meaning in their days. But on the whole, the non-Christian mind wouldn't even question if they are spending too much time or money being entertained. Christians, on the other hand, must fight against wasting too much time on amusements. We are commanded to redeem the time for the days are evil. We are given a purpose, a calling. We're given jobs while on this earth. We're not just running out the clock waiting for heaven. The reality is that so many entertainments are built to waste time. In the old days, you could watch your favorite 30-minute or hour-long show and walk away. After all, you had to wait until next week for the next episode. 
Now we are tempted all the time to binge watch our favorite shows. If you think about it, what a terrible worldly phrase we've adopted in our modern vocabulary. We can watch episode after episode after episode, hours and hours and hours upon end. For our young people, video games are the same way. My kids often think they just started playing when I let them know they've been sitting for four hours without even a bathroom break. And then don't get me started on social media. This great distraction can also lead to hours and hours of wasted time. And then we spend a whole lot of money on TV, internet, streaming services, cable, going to movies, etc. And then there's the time and money that goes into college football or the NFL or the Major League Baseball or the NBA or even the NHL. Everyone must buy their favorite player's jersey. We must all wear the gear of our favorite sports team. Okay, am I ranting too much here? Am I condemning us too much? So we must then return to some boring, mundane life. Well, that's not my intent. I enjoy just about everything I listed, but I enjoy it too much. I spend too much of my hard-earned money on entertainment that could go to better things. The entertainment culture is the biggest moneymaker of all time because we pay for entertainment all the time and are willing to do it. And again, we spend much of our time in it. If you think about it, one of the saddest things about COVID, other than, of course, all the sickness and death, was how much many of us, even Christians, spent their isolation time and lockdown time. The standard practice of many Christians was not reading books or creating things or serving others or even studying God's word more. It was binge watching Netflix. Now, maybe it wasn't that way for you. You made wiser choices. But we're all tempted to give in to an entertainment culture that steals our time and resources. So I challenge you and myself, how can we become better stewards of our time and money? Just changing our entertainment habits to save a few hours a week would help. Then the question is, what will you do with all that extra time and money? And here's question four. Are my entertainment choices making me too isolated? Yes, I'm old enough to remember a time where people had one TV in their house, no computers or internet, no smartphones. My family had a big Zenith console TV in our living room. It was huge. And it was a banner day when we also got a tiny little portable black and white TV to move around the house. So in the olden days of entertainment, the family gathered around the big old television. They watched the same shows, whether they all liked them or not. They had family movie nights. You know where I'm going with this, right? Look how far we've come. The entertainment powers that be have given us the power and ability to be entertained all by ourselves. My movies, my music, my playlist, my screen. Even video games are mostly all one-player games these days. Sure, you can play against people in other countries, but you're still by yourself. Certainly, if you find yourself living alone or single, you are regularly being entertained by yourself. But what we are considering is the culture that we're creating in our homes and our families. Are all family members staring into their own screens? 
Or are they together watching a TV show together, watching a movie together, or maybe even reading and playing board games together? The bottom line question is, what are your entertainment choices and technologies doing to your relationships? Are they improving them or disregarding them? Are you becoming more relational or more isolated? Now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying some entertainment on your own, some personal entertainment experience. I watched plenty of football games on my own before my kids showed some interest. Yes, I'm still waiting on my wife to be interested. But I know of too many couples that are staring into their own screens, watching their own shows when they could be together. And so many families have very few entertainment activities that they share. We need to challenge ourselves to see what entertainment is doing to our relationships. Instead of just being about personal escape, it should be used more often for times to enjoy other people. Would you rather be amused by yourself or share with people you love? And then fifth, what is entertainment doing to my mind? The entertainment culture loves to appeal to our emotions. We are meant to feel happy or sad or afraid or anxious, depending on the story being told in film, television show, or song. Entertainment can end up making us amuse ourselves to death, to have our feelings evoked all the time, making us dependent on our entertainments as if they are addictive drugs. But they are also in the business of influencing our minds. Hopefully this is obvious to you. Every writer, author, songwriter has a particular worldview and certain things they're trying to communicate. They all want to educate you, lead you to certain knowledge that they want you to have. When I was growing up, PBS was educational TV. I guess it still is. What kind of education did I get watching Sesame Street every day? I guess I learned my letters and how to rhyme. But I also got an education about a lot of other things, whether I realized it at the time or not. The truth is, every TV station is educational, not just PBS. Every movie is educational, not just the documentaries. Every song is educational. They're all teaching us things about life. So what are you and your children learning? More importantly, are you just passively taking in this education or are you refuting it, correcting it, teaching yourself and your children the truth? We have to recognize that the entertainment culture trains us to be passive. By definition, it seeks to be a distraction from the real work of doing and thinking. Don't we approach our entertainment that way? We just want to chill and not think. We want to turn off our brains for a while. We just want to laugh or cry and not think. All this is well and good for some forms of entertainment. But if it is a form that is trying to shape our minds to convince us of truth as it perceives it, then we must have our minds in shape, engaged, ready to work. Analyzing the agenda or meaning behind what we watch on our screens can seem to take the fun out of it but it is what we are called to do as Christians. In many ways, entertainment is one of the tools that can bring great mind renewal. As long as our minds are being trained by God's word and by the work of the spirit, 
Which leads us to the next important question. What is entertainment doing to my personal and corporate worship disciplines? Obviously, as we said, entertainment takes time, so we can waste a lot of time. Sadly, one thing that can go out the window is church or times of Bible study or personal prayer times. So we need to challenge ourselves as believers in Jesus to prioritize worship and church and studying God's word and prayer. Sadly, many families start their children in the habit of missing church on Sundays or church ministries on Wednesday nights because they are playing sports or engaging in other entertainments. Or they are so busy on the other nights or days with activities that they are just too tired to worship or attend church or read God's word. Again, entertainment defined as a diversion, a distraction from the more serious things in life. So we must take great care that the culture of our home is not becoming so entertainment-centered that it makes worship and Bible study things we do only if we have extra time. And the other thing we must fight against is the sinful desire to make personal and corporate worship more entertaining for ourselves. Too many churches, youth ministries, and children's ministries have fallen in the trap of wanting to make things more entertaining to keep people interested. Worship is supposed to be about glorifying God and enjoying Him, not ourselves. It is about our growth as Christians, not our amusement. We must be on guard to not let the entertainment culture continue to drive the mission of the church. One final question on the subject of the entertainment culture. What am I not doing when I'm enjoying entertainment? Again, let's be clear. The goal of the Christian life is not to work hard and never have fun or be entertained. God has given us the ability to be amused in wonderful ways, to enjoy life in this broken, fallen world. But the reality is we can often spend time on entertainment when we should be doing other things. As I have said over and over again on this episode, entertainment takes our time. And it's designed to take as much time, more time than we typically desire. We are creatures of routine. My wife and I have been in a routine for quite some time to stop all work for the night at 9 o'clock so we can watch a show together. To us, that's a good use of about an hour of our evening. But we should always be open to better uses of our time as married couples and as families. What if we use that hour to talk instead or read together or other marital activities? God calls us to be good stewards of all our time, not just some of it. We are accountable to him, not just for the things we do, but what we do not do that we should be doing. We should always be growing in wisdom of how to use our time better. A little less entertainment may increase accomplishing other important things. Again, we don't just need to stay busy all the time. We need downtime. We need rest. But we can't let the good become the enemy of what is best. We only have so much time, and there are plenty of things we are called to do as Christians. This goes for our children as well. How often are they bored and just want to be entertained? What happens when you turn the screen off and tell them to go read a book or play outside? We are all constantly battling the entertainment culture from being the dominant culture in our lives. 
Well, I want to close this episode with one more aspect of the entertainment culture. The reality that we now live in a culture of screens where staring at an electronic screen used to be a job done by some all day or by most of us just a few hours a night. It has become an all day affair. Even when my boys were small, I had to regularly have this conversation. Boys, it's time to stop playing your video game. Okay, Dad, can I then play on the computer? No, that's the same thing. Okay, can I watch TV? No, that's another screen. We adults are no better, really. I take a break from typing on my laptop only to pick up my phone and look at social media. Screens are pervasive, and they aren't going away. Now they're on refrigerators and in restrooms everywhere. So there's nothing we can do, right? Guess we could all move to Montana and get off the grid. We could certainly make choices to take breaks from screens. But then maybe I'm making a big deal of something that's not a big deal after all. But then maybe it's something we should push back on as Christians. That might be a whole other discussion on the subject of our fascination with ever new technology. Just wanted to throw that out there as we think through the culture we live in. Keep on seeking the kingdom of God and keep on fighting against any cultural things that would take our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.